Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your girl, Mitzi, and this is Mitzi. Let's think about it. Today, we are thinking about transformational coaching and embodiment practices. I have a special guest today who is diving into this topic and allowing us to really pick his brain about what it really means and what it means for him to actually try to share this with the world. You know what I mean? Instead of keeping it inside, because sometimes people keep their knowledge inside, but He's not that person. He's the one that'll share with the world. So I just want to introduce you to Michael. Michael, why don't you go ahead and take it away? Mitzi, thank you so much for having me on your show. And I I think this is quite fitting. Just think about it. For me, I, I was an overthinker. I was someone that like at a young age was really sensitive. And no one really taught me how to be with my sensitivity and at that time, as a, as a man, I was drawn to sports. So it, there was like, there was like two sides of me that were, I don't, I don't want to say they, they just didn't really have a, a re relationship that fit one yeah. another. So I, I masked over my sensitivity with sports. And then at, in adolescence, it became, it became all the, all the insecurities of a adolescent boy that was trying to figure out how to adjust with all these different hormones. Yeah. And uh, during this time, I actually developed a hunchback. So I developed this um, spine disease called Shorman's disease. And if, if one can think of like Quasimodo, that yeah. was like, that was the image I held in my mind. And doctors told me that this spine disease was permanent. And I loved playing sports. I loved playing baseball and hockey in particular, and they were two rotational sports. So long story short, I ended up having eight years of develop, uh, debilitating back pain, which, which got me into human performance. So I loved studying uh, strength and conditioning, human performance, how, how does the body optimize itself? And along the way, I ended up getting a dream job with the Arizona Diamondbacks. I thought oh, it was nice. my dream job. I was like, oh, this is, this is it. This is, this is exactly what I've been working for my entire life. I think at the age of 14, I created this dream where I'm going to work with professional athletes. Right. And it was, it was 2000 and uh, it was like 2018, I got introduced to Dr. Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you know Dr. Joe, no. but he's into uh, meditation. So he blends East and West philosophy okay. together to help people free themselves, to heal themselves, to introduce them to our innate intelligence within us. Okay. And uh, he ended up healing his spine from meditating. He, he was in a race and uh, he was in a triathlon race. And he ended up getting hit by a Bronco going 55 and had compression fractures up and down his spine, pinched his spinal cord. Doctors said he'd probably never be able to walk again, that he would need a certain surgery. Yeah. And he, he said if he was anyone else, he would have went with the surgery, but he vouched to meditate. And he, he thought of the power that created the body can heal the body. And he said, yeah. if, he said if he got this right, he would spend the rest of his life um, helping people uh, heal themselves and learning about the mind-body connection. And mm -hmm. uh, so I started meditating. Immediately, my one of my athletes sent me this podcast. I started meditating. Mm 
And I realized that this inner world was far more vast than anything I had been studying prior to that. So for me, I dove into meditation. I dove into inner transformational work, um, self-limiting belief work, emotional intimacy, breath work. I mean, I've, I've gone, gone down the rabbit hole. And uh, so now um, I'm 31 years old and I, I'm an inner transformational coach. So I went from high performance, more physical, um, physical training to more inner energetics training. So I help people realign their inner worlds to, to really free themselves. Like I, yeah. I, I think for me, I just, I just wanted to feel peace. And yeah. uh, the first I, time I, I felt peace was meditation. So yeah. <laughs> I'm I know I, I'm I've heard that before too that once people started meditating and once they started doing um the like breath work and they started doing yoga and they started basically refocusing their mind because that's basically what you're doing you're refocusing your, your mind on something specific or just yourself you know and I feel like once people really are able to do that it is a different skill, you know, because there's so much chaotic going around. And when I was reading your, your website, you said a monkey brain to a monk's brain. And I yeah. had to think about that for a second. I was like, what do you mean a monkey brain? And I'm like, oh, think about a monkey. You know, they're all over the place, you know, so it's not wrong. You know what I mean? What you stated is not wrong because society lives in that monkey mindset where they're jumping around from one thing to another and they're in fear they're in anxiety they're in depression they're in this constant go 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 where they don't even take a, a second to even think or even breathe you know what I mean they can't even hear themselves talk to themselves to try to calm themselves down anymore because of how chaotic they allow the world to be um so the fact that you were able to to get to that transition and I know you said it took eight years you know for you to heal yourself completely but do you think giving yourself time is the biggest key to able um to be able to obtain that type of mindset mm, yeah that's a good question so like eight years I was I was in debil debilitating back pain so the healing journey I feel like really started after back surgery at the age of uh, 22, 23 years old. And as far as the healing journey goes, I don't like putting a timeline on things because that's what the mind wants. Like the monkey yeah. mind wants like, oh, in the future, I'm going to be healed in X amount of days, X amount of years. Mm -hmm. And we live in this, this, this is the root of all problems exists in this construct called time. We have yes. the past, we have the present, and we have the future. And we have this identity that's created. So the identity construct of who am I is really created in our younger years, right? Like a, a perfect baby. If you've seen a baby before, they have no sense of self. They're this just ball of love. They're this energetic being of brightness, this light. And then along the way, it starts developing, it starts fragmenting from that, that absolute infinite limitless being to this, mm -hmm. like, I am, I am Michael, you are Mitzi. And there's constructs that the mind creates around that. 
which now we carry with us in our life. And now that's the place we relate from. Yeah, so that's people... so true. Oh my goodness. That's <laughs> yes. so true because I have my son and I'm thinking about it and I'm like, the world really molds us in a way where we take away that that limitless. You are absolutely right. Oh my goodness. Yes. So that yeah. that to me is the journey is like freeing ourselves from these false constructs, these false constraints that we carry in the form of self-limiting beliefs, emotional indigestion, because a lot of society doesn't teach us how to be with emotions. Yeah. They teach us yeah. how to create a belief system. I know for myself, I created a belief system around emotions being weak. And as a sensitive, as a sensitive man, as a sensitive boy, that's that's pretty difficult to be with. So I have to now find strategies to numb, to avoid, to neglect my emotional body, which to me, emotions are divine signals truly guiding us back to what I call the limitless self, the true self, um, yeah. which is always here in this moment. Yeah, it's just, that's so uh, true. I was speaking with another gentleman who who promotes um, highly sensitivity in men and how he how other men should try to embrace that and try to figure out if um if they are in it instead of rejecting it and conforming to this toxic masculinity that men are supposed to supposedly live up to you know and everything that you're saying just made me remember everything that he said it's it's so spot on and and and, and being a woman I can see it from your perspective because, you know, even women are taught to treat men as a certain way, you know, and it sucks because as a high sensitive man, you would never get the acknowledgement that you are still a man because of your sensitivity. God forbid you cry. God forbid you, you know what I mean? You do anything that that shows those emotions because then as a woman, we're supposed to look at you as less than a man. And, and I think that's one thing that I try to um, let people know too, is that that's not right, you know, because you are still human being and your emotions still are valid. You know, your, your emotions should be as valid as women's emotions. And I don't think it's fair that women proclaim that men need to identify and accept our emotions, but yet we can't do the same for them. You know, so I think that's very nice for you to, to to bring up and to speak up because I think that is very important. Yeah, it's beautifully said. And I think, too, like from a man's perspective, it, it's almost like our emotions and our sensitivity brings us our true power, brings us yes. our true, like our true masculinity, yeah. not like this false bravado of like, I'm tough, I'm stoic, I'm serious, I have no emotions. Like, I think mm -hmm. that construct that's been created, it, it's slowly starting to dissolve in society. And I think we're both the masculine and the feminine, which masculine and feminine to me is more like an energetic as opposed to a, a specific gender. Because I think we all yeah. care. We all carry the, the masculine. We all carry the feminine. And when mm -hmm. I use masculine, I'm speaking to that aspect of self that's unchanging. So that aspect of our experience that was present when we were five, present when we were 10, and it's still on this call today. So that to me is the, the quintessential masculine essence. We could call it awareness, like try not being aware. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, 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 I think it's, I think you would literally have to put your, your state of mind in a numbing factor to, to not acknowledge it, you know? And I think that's the, the thing. A lot of people just have their mind in a numbing, like constant routine set and default factor that they don't allow themselves to actually embrace everything that they are and it's hard for them to find their true self or just live in that that true self like you were saying so being a transformational coach and and sharing with those um embodiment practices what do you um what do you look for or what do you necessarily do you with each each client is it specific or is it just like you have a certain like questionnaire and you and you have them fill them out so you know what they're needing yeah, I mean, I, th- I start, they fill out a questionnaire prior to getting in a coaching container, but every every one of us is so unique and we're all carrying different quote unquote problems, different goals, different intentions. We want to do different things in the world. So all of my coaching calls are just in the moment. I I don't, I mean, I've I've taken plenty of training to get to a place within myself where I where I trust my intuition to just be a guide. My one job is to guide people back to themselves and to guide people back to their true power, which I think for so many people, it's we've, we've almost given away our power. Not almost, we have. We make other people responsible for how we feel. And it's not that it's wrong to make other people responsible for how we feel. It's just not a powerful place to stand. Right. And so I, I I think I offer a perspective that allows people their full humanity, allow themselves to embrace the the unpleasant textures of our experience. And yes. one of them being shame, like shame is this thing for men and women that it's like, huh, that's uncomfortable. But who's who's ever taught us to, how to be with shame? So. Exactly. The things I mean, you, you're not, you're not, you're not wrong. I mean, shame is a is a heavy burden to bear that yeah. that no one's exempt from carrying. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And the things we resist, they persist. We strengthen them. So, if one is conscious enough, they re- one would realize that, huh? If this is an experience that's here, um, and depending on what their connection is with life, like what is their relationship with life as we're not we're not having to think our thoughts we're not having to feel our emotions consciousness or whatever we want to call um ourselves is is doing life like I don't have to wake up in the morning and remember how to brush my teeth I don't have to remember how to drive my car like something is taking care of beating my chest of giving me my breath and I'm of the belief that when we connect to that, we realize that there is this innate intelligence that is supporting us on our journey, as opposed to, oh, I'm I'm a human being in this body all alone. I have to take care of myself. Well, that can be an incredibly lonely place. Yeah. So as as kids, kids are connected to their environment. They're connected to life. They're in this like realm of magic in their imagination, in the their yes. world is so big. Mm-hmm. So 
I just, I, I think I offer people a space to remind them of their own magic and to um, help empower them to connect to that true aspect of self where we are powerful we're beyond powerful absolutely uh, i think that's i think people need to hear that more than than what they than what they do you know and it's sad that that's only preached to like like victims of survival or have trauma or they've dealt with abuse or some major situation they always say take your power back but I think everybody just needs to take their power back. You know, people don't realize that just because you haven't gone through something traumatic, traumatic doesn't mean that you, you're you not giving away your power to something or to someone, you know, and I think you know, um, just hearing what you have to say in the way that you said it so beautifully, you know what I mean? You were able to put it so beautifully said that that makes it so understandable like it's so relatable if like whoever's listening i bet you're you're able to put it in your own perspective in your own life you know and really think about it you know and how it reflects to you and how it reflects you know to what's going on around you to realize where am i giving my power away who am i allowing my emotions to to get the best of you know and i was reading somewhere that when you're easily triggered you can be easily manipulated what do you think about that yeah i mean i think triggers are such a misunderstood aspect of this human experience um but yeah i think if we're not aware of our triggers of what the meaning of triggers actually are yeah we can we can be manipulated and Mm -hmm. i think there's a lot of Um, I say this with love, there's a lot of people out there in the business world that create um, products, that create courses, that create teachings that um, are based on fear, are based on like, hey, are are you feeling this? I have the answer for you, right? And it's it's outsourcing our power to, oh, this person's gonna, gonna help me. And it's not that they're, it's, it's bad meaning or any of that. It's just the true power that we have is in our own conscious choices. So a trigger, a trigger is really something, an aspect of our experience that we're carrying from our past. So for an example, for me, when I was, li- when I was five years old, I was out in the backyard of my uh, friends, my neighbors, and my neighbor really like really pissed me off and we were blowing bubbles and I intentionally was like I'm gonna blow these in his eyes I don't know there was like this there's this primal anger that came over me and I blew like I I was successful unfortunately for me his mom was on the deck and saw the entire thing she came running down screaming at me grabbed my hand walked across the street rang my doorbell and my parents, they had this, they had this, my parents are too loving, like yeah. they're so loving. And as a, as a five-year-old boy, I'm like, oh no, I'm, I'm in deep trouble. They uh-huh. open, they open the door and hear my neighbor's uh, mom was expressing to them what happened. And all I wanted as a five-year-old was just to reassure, reassurance from, from my dad specifically that it was that that it was okay 
that I was okay. And he looked at me and he gave me this look that I will never forget. And I don't blame my dad for this moment at all, but he, he gave me this look of disappointment. Like I am a failure. I am not accepted. And from that moment that now became my identity is who I am is not accepted. So for me, social settings, going to different social events or even meeting new people, I would carry this belief in the form of a lens perception of who I am is not accepted. So I was always searching for acceptance from people outside of me. And when I truly got that, that that was not, I, I picked up that belief from an event that didn't mean who I was was not accepted. All that happened there was my dad gave me a look and I interpreted it as who I am is not accepted. And yeah. we and we do this. And now this becomes how we form our identity. So triggers, if I'm going to a social setting, I know now that, yeah, there might be an aspect of my experience that's like, this is going to be uncomfortable. There might be some anxiety. There might be some fear. And now, like, having a relationship with those difficult emotions, it becomes easier to be with that because I know who I am is not accepted, not accepted. And so for me, going into those deep self-limiting beliefs, those deep-seated self-limiting beliefs, and having a relationship with them, and looking at them, and seeing what they are, seeing what they do to our physiology, seeing what it does to our mind what are the conversations up here and disentangling from them freeing ourselves from them so that we can move a little bit cleaner and a little bit stronger in our future and realizing that our triggers are showing us where we're not free they're not showing us anything like personal they're just showing us where we're holding on to this personal identity that is not true And that's how we free ourselves. So triggers are really gifts that we, that we offer ourselves, though they're uncomfortable, though they may be unpleasant, like extremely unpleasant. But if we can, if we can somehow be with that experience, which we're already being with it, it's just, we're labeling it as this is bad. This shouldn't happen. Why, why me? Right. Which is perpetuating the trigger the trigger Mm -hmm. it's strengthening the resistance so the more we can just allow and accept our conditioning our programming from our past we can now move as a freer version in the future yeah and that's that's true i like i love the way that you break things down you you are able to really explain things in a way that my mind makes it more complicated. <laughs> you know, like I feel like I make things more complicated than what they actually are. And when I when I break it down, it's like a hot mess. But it makes sense. You know what I mean? At the end of the at the end of the the yeah. little maze, it it's still I get to the final place of where, where everybody's at and that makes sense. But I feel like I took myself too long to get there. But then the way that you are able to explain it is just like you're like boop boop just the A to B and it you make it so so much easier. That's that's oh my goodness. I I guess my next question is going to be um I know you said you took different forms of therapy and different forms to feel this transformative 
like difference for yourself which practices would you say helped you the the most mm. if that makes sense yeah yeah I mean I think <laughs> it's difficult to pick just one because I, I guess they, your top three what would be your top three they, they all like weave into into this like for me the the number one practice that has helped me the most the most direct practice to um, begin to start freeing myself from a lot of these uncomfortable feelings, emotions, this identity that I was carrying is, uh, yeah. is called self-inquiry. So contemplation and a contemplative um, question could look like, who am I? So let's, let's make this very practical for people. If they're experiencing a moment where they get triggered, the contemplative question could be, who is this person that feels triggered? And going within and actually starting to take a look under the hood, as opposed to getting in a fearful state. A lot of us, we get in a fearful state and that's what fear does. It's like we drink too many, it's like drinking too many drinks, right? There's this neurochemical flood where it becomes very disorienting. I can't think, yes. I don't know what's going on. It's like, if one can just slow down just enough and ask the question, who is this? What part of me can't be with this experience? And now it turns the situation as opposed to making the outer world responsible for this fear. It puts one in their own driver's seat of like, hey, this out, anything could be happening out here, right? I could get cut I could get caught up in traffic and have this serious road rage and I can now identify as someone who has road rage but yeah. doing the doing the work contemplating like why am I really getting upset here why am I really getting angry why well, probably have unprocessed anger which is a different conversation but this person can cut me off and I can be perfectly at peace like oh this person cut me off that's that's fine so the contemplative practice really helps one, like for me, the question, what would it be like to be in a place of peace, regardless of what's going on around me? That question intrigued me so much because yeah. it was like, that was not my experience. My experience was not peaceful at all. So asking questions are the doorway into freeing ourselves from this this imaginary belief of who I am is not accepted. And yeah. so that, that's been the most powerful practice. And then uh, transformational coaching. I've had many, many coaches and uh, meditation. So meditation, contemplation kind of go together. Um, but also breath and I'll, I'll breath. Breath is like this one thing that's in all of our experiences and if we get triggered into a state of stress or a fight flight state, sometimes known as the sympathetic nervous system, that, that brings up a cocktail of like my heart's beating, my palms are sweaty, just becoming aware of what's happening internally when we are in a fear state, we now slowly start to consciously train ourselves out of that fear state just by just by consciously breathing, 
So it's true. It's true. Cause I've practiced breath work. When I lived in Florida, I met up, I met a coach and she was like, this is going to help for you. And I was like, okay, let's try it out. Cause my anxiety was up to the wazoo. Um, when I lived down there and when I tried it, it, it just, it, it was a different experience. It was so different. It's like I literally was calm and and now every time I feel my anxiety boiling, I just start, I take a deep breath and I start counting and I just, just let it go. And I focus on breathing. And I realize that once I focus on breathing, it's a whole different momentum after that. Like my, my whole entire day has changed where I'm a lot calmer. I'm able to function. I'm able to do everything. So I absolutely agree with you. Breathwork is is does really help you know just to just breathe again to remind yourself to just breathe and I think that's very important and and I I don't want to I don't want to lose you in mid-conversation because I know time's wrapping up so I guess to start wrapping up the show what would be some great advice that you could leave myself or my audience with Mm. well first of all this this conversation has been like so jam-packed with just amazing questions and you do such a beautiful job of holding a space for your um for your speakers like I feel so held by you right now which to me that is that is like the most important thing is is safety and safety to me is that it's that place within us that that is at peace regardless of what's going on around us so no matter wh- how much chaos is in our experience in our life, there's a there's an aspect of ourself that is completely still and at peace, and it's always available for us. It's always within us, and if we cultivate a relationship with the part of us that doesn't feel safe, because inevitably we all have some degree of not feeling safe until we do this deep inner work to to really cultivate a relationship with ourself um it it changes our it changes our experiences and the way we relate to other people because if we're if we're at peace within ourselves other people will like it's like a magnet because people want that within themselves mm-hmm. so the more the more we focus on ourself which some people are oh that's selfish why like no it's the most unselfish thing we can do is become less become less of the idea of who we are become more be more of who we actually are and now that allows I mean one's life can transform from that but I think from a bigger perspective that's that's how we we ripple out and and the world really heals is by by us all um regulating our our nervous systems our our body our breath our and and really stop resisting the present moment yes because when we when we run away from the present moment we're running away from that life happens right now it only happens right now so whatever problem whatever dream whatever we are aspiring to do to be it's only available right now so i'll leave the listeners with that right there 
Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Michael. I'm I'm so glad that you were able to enjoy yourself and that you were able to speak freely and speak without any worries or with any hesitations because I feel that people need the authenticness in these conversations and in these moments, you know, and that's why I try to have um my 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 guests come on the show to feel as comfortable as they can because it's it's not only important for my guests but it's important for me as well so that it can be truly authentic because when we are able to share our own perspective we are making a ripple effect on other people's lives you know you're 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 no longer feeling alone you're no longer feeling all to yourself you're no longer feeling like crazy because you are thinking in a way that you're not sharing with other people you know and I felt like that for the longest time before I started my podcast and once I started it and once I started bringing others on the show it made me realize that I'm actually more sane than what I think you know and I think people need to realize that that too is that we are sane human beings we are peaceful human beings we are amazingly beautiful inside and out you know no matter what society does to tries to, to, to tell you, you know, and I think that's, that's just, oh, just so beautiful. Like, I just don't know what to do with all this, yeah. <laughs> but it feels, it feels, it feels right. You know, it feels right what we're doing because it's needed. You know, we're living in a generation where we're, we're, we know the wrongs from our past generations that we are trying to not let it fall onto the next generations, you know? And I think if you're a part of that movement, then I, I applaud you and that we just need to continue to keep on going because that's the only way for us to really make change in the world is start with ourselves. And then it's going to ripple effect to the people around us in our community. And then before you know it, the whole world's going to be able to be have open and, and feel that peace and not feel so tempted by, by all the evil that surrounds us you know and mm. and if any of my listeners are trying to gain this clarity and trying to gain this understanding and this peace within themselves go check out michael i have him on my website you can find his lovely photo with a link to his website you can check out everything michael <laughs> And you can reach out to him if you really want to know more, or if you just you're just curious, you know, go go talk to him. He'll be the better guy <laughs> about to help you in this situation. But um, thank you all for listening, and thank you again, Michael, for your time and your perspective. And I hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Bye. Thank you.